because of what you've done on me, but because of who you are. I worship you, Jesus. Let me Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to stir you up. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we praise you. If you haven't come to know it, it's all about him. Hallelujah. Where would we be without the Lord God Almighty? So, Jesus, we praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was sitting down there, and the Lord gave me this little thing. He said, every day I see his blessings in my life. Every day I see his promises being manifested in my life. Every day I see his blessings in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even if I don't feel like I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. If it don't look like I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Because every day, and I'm looking for him, and I want you, church, I want you, people of God, to look for his blessings because God has your best interest at his heart. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God is good, church. <laughs> Glory to his name. Glory to his name. And the last people that should be quiet in the earth is God's people. Because if we don't praise them, Jesus said, if I don't get praise out my people, the rocks would praise them. And I understand that because there had to be a deep revelation that he was saying because I don't know if you looked at a rock lately. A rock ain't got no lips. A rock ain't got no mouth. But we got mouths and we got tongues because he has given them to us that we might exalt his name because he is worthy. So let me hear you say God is good. God is worthy. Hallelujah to the king of kings. Hallelujah to the Lord of lords. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about pastor. It's about Jesus who has died for us. Hallelujah. And we bless his name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I am excited. I am moved by the spirit of God. And I want you to be moved by his spirit because I'm telling you he is here. He is here. There was a time where I used to sit down there and I'd be concerned, which is you be concerned too much, it moves into excess worry, which leads to fear. And you're like, is God preparing me? But he has told me that he has never left me and he has never forsaken me. And, 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 you know, the anointing, we, we, I think we have a misunderstanding about the anointing, that it has to be there all the time. The anointing comes when needed. And I don't care if I sit down there to the last half second. I have enough faith in God that he will come up here and he will be with me. 
and I sit there and I wait for him. And it's the same thing with you, church. It's the same thing with the people of God. We have to understand that he will never leave us. He is always there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you because your name is great and your name is mighty. All we ask that you show yourself strong today in the house amongst your people. Thank you for your presence. Bless everybody that they may receive the bread of life. Bless me today, O oh God, to deliver the word of life. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say amen and amen. Before you take your seats, I want you to grab your Bibles, your iPad, whatever you use for a Bible, your phone, and just hang, pull it up in your right hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And repeat this after me. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. By faith, I believe in the word of Father God. And this Bible that I hold in my hand is Father God's word. I am who Father God says I am. I can do what Father God says I can do. And I can have. What Father God says I can have. Father God, I thank you for equipping me with your word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before you take your seat, greet two or three people that you didn't ride with and say, I love you in the name of Jesus. I love you, sis. Love you, brother Freddie. <laughs> we bless his name because he's good. We bless his name because he's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we can't trust him, who will? <laughs> Hallelujah. God has made us a light in this world of darkness. And the best thing about that, he is responsible for making the light shine. All we got to do is have the light in us. Amen. Amen. I thank you, Lord. I'm going to tell you this good news that I put my suit on this morning. I didn't even have to take a breath. <laughs> I put this suit on this morning. I said, yeah, thank you, old God. This is an old suit, too, and I didn't want to retire it because it's an old suit. It looked good. It reminded me of my Miami Vice days. So I just got the little suit. It's looking pretty. Charles, you can't find a suit like this anymore. I did cheat a little bit. I had it taped. I had it fixed in the back. <laughs> But it's all good. Hey, that's what God put them people out there for. Hey, they can hem them up real good. Hallelujah. Before we get into this, um, this little series that we're going to start, I'm going to share this story with you because it lines right up with this. Uh, some years back, uh, my marriage, our marriage had tanked. I mean, it tanked. When I say tanked, it hit the lowest of the lowest. I mean, that's what tanked means. And as I was, I ain't going to say luckily, fortunately, I had been in the presence of God for quite a while. That's why I tell people, and he tell us in his word, you know, to store up. You have storehouses. And it's good to store up money and all that good stuff, but it's better to store up the word because you don't know when you're going to need it. 
And so the time that I was spending with God, I didn't know that God was, was getting me ready for when a tanked marriage. You hear what I'm saying? And so as I was, as I was he allowed me to cry unto him. He allowed me to show my hurt and my pain to him because that's the kind of God he is. That he's a compassionate God. He's a God that is there to help us in our needs and wants. Amen. And so while he was, he allowed me to do this, but remember he's our father and he's our uh, teacher. He's our instructor. He's only going to allow you to stay in the hole for so long. Because that's the kind of God he is. He wants us to grow up. And so in one of, in one of my days, I was boo-hooing to him. I was boo-hooing pretty good. And I was just leaning. And, 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 and he, 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 I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And it wasn't like, you know, meanness, but it was very stern. And see, some of us like say the Holy Ghost, he's a compassionate and he's a loving God. And he is. But you know what? He's our teacher. He instructs. And if you're not listening, he will speak with a firm voice. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, he said this to me. He said, Timothy, it's time to get back in the fight. But in my boohooing, I said, I don't feel like fighting right now. <laughs> and this is, this is this, the presence of, his, of him was so strong in the room that I leaned. I leaned toward him. To lean on him for support. I kid you not. This is the truth. I felt the presence of God back away from me. And the thing about the Lord, when he gives instructions, he's not going to sit there and repeat them. Because you know why? He's sovereign. Because when he says something one time, it's the right thing. Whether we receive it or not, we have to catch up to what he's doing. You hear what I'm saying? And so he, he, I felt his presence back away from me, and the words that he spoke to me, and this is how good it is. It's like he empowered them in me right at that moment. Get back into the fight. Even though I said, I don't want to fight, get back in the fight. And so I, I, I stood up, and, and a, a strengthening came to me, and, 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 I, and I learned, I didn't know it then, but I learned this about God, that God would not require us, God would not call us to do something if he had enabled us to do it. He couldn't call me to fight if I didn't know how to fight, but he called me to fight because he knew I could fight. And he said, this boy is so blocked and so hurt right now that he don't even know what's in him. And I'm trying to tell you, church, right now, we got to discover and we got to come to know and find out what's in us. Because things are overwhelming the church that shouldn't be overwhelming us. Because you got the greater one in you. You got the power in you that spoke light into darkness. You got the power in you that raised people from the dead. You got the power in you that destroyed all sickness, diseases, and viruses in the name of Jesus. Nothing overtakes, nothing overcomes, nothing can withstand the blood of Jesus. And if we don't take a hold of that, who is? So he said, get back in the fight, Timothy. I'm telling you, people of God, get back in the fight. Get back in the fight. 
We're going to do a series, and this is the title. We're going to do a series for about the next two or three weeks called The Good Fight. The Good Fight. If it's a good fight, you know what that means, Minister Lindsay? It's a good fight. <laughs> it's not a bad fight. That means that this thing that I'm about to get involved in is worthwhile. This thing that I'm about to get involved in is going to come out and work for my benefit because it's a good fight. Hallelujah. Of course, we're talking about faith. Mm. The good fight. I just love that title. The one thing that, that I, and I, 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 I get on myself really hard that he gave this to me like weeks ago. But I had a vacation coming up, and I got a little slothful. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. You know, I got a little, I got a little ease. I started resting a little bit. I got a little comfortable. Now I wasn't dismissing God, but you know what? I wasn't spending the time that I needed to be with God. So today we're just gonna lay a good foundation. But I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to get into this in a very deep way. But even what He gave me today is, is going to be very beneficial to you. Amen. The good fight. First of all, this is what I want you to know: the fight of faith does not refer to the throwing of blows. It's not talking about you getting yourself, go finding you a pair of boxing gloves. It's not telling you to go find you a pair of clothes that we just like to do stuff in and start some trouble. Amen? But the fight of faith, this good fight, is to hold fast, listen to what I'm telling you, to hold fast to what we know to be true. This is the good fight. And it's the same purpose and the same reason that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Tim, it's time to get back into the fight. He was recognizing, he recognized it, but I didn't recognize it, that something was in me that would hold me and keep me steadfast. The only thing that I had to do was to grab a hold of it. Amen? So this fight is to hold fast to what you know to be true. It also does this. It involves perseverance. That we have to persevere. I don't know if the believer understands this. I don't know if we have grabbed a hold of this. But, but because of your righteous nature, you are, you are going to go through stuff. The walk of the believer is not a pancake, patty cake walk of life. You're going you're gonna to go through stuff. The, but the, 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 the good part, the good part about this is that the thing that we go through is not going to defeat us. There is a victory that's assured for every believer that trusts God. There is a victory waiting for you. Say that with me. There's a victory waiting for me if... I persevere. Hallelujah. Listen to this. It involves, we're talking about the good fight, it involves putting aside our understanding. The Bible tells us to lean not to our understanding. There's a reason that it tells you that because our understanding may be good, but it's not the best thing. Amen. It involves putting aside our understanding. Let me tell you why. So that the word of God can develop its understanding in us. Amen. So God is not saying you don't know nothing. God is saying I know more. <laughs> Which is all right with me. Is it all right with you? Then I need to hear some more amens. It also means this, the good fight. It takes continuing. Say continuing. 
in the truth. So that when we hear a statement or we hear something that's being referred to as truth, our plan, our objective, our know-so or what we need to be doing is we hear something that they say is true. The thing that we need to do as people of God is to go measure it against the truth of God's word. Because the enemy's plan is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if he, he does this because he's a smart joker. And see, when he comes to his fight, even the devil knows not to go put on boxing gloves and meet you face to face. But he is a, de he is a deceiving spirit. He even came at the Lord Jesus with word, with Bible phrases. But you know what? When Bible phrases are out of order and out of context, they will do more harm to you than what they're supposed to do for you. That's why you have to love Jesus because he responded back with the word. But when he responded back with the word, his word was in order. And it fit the breeze, that fit the, the purpose of which it was at that moment. It takes continuing in the truth. It also requires this. It requires compressing our feelings. Why? You say, why? Preach, I'm going to tell you why. So that the flesh will have no advantage. Compress feelings. Feelings is, is, is an uncontrolled nature. And they will, they will block you from being blessed by God. There was a time, you know, we don't have it no more, but me and my wife really wanted a VCR. And we asked God. We did the right thing. We asked God for a VCR. And there was a, 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 a event that we were supposed to go to, but I started a fight with my wife. We used to fight a lot. I ain't got Pastor and, and Mother Butler testimony, but they never fought. We fought like, like Rocky and Apollo. <laughs> we fought. And I started a fight. And my brother in the, in, in the Lord called me. He said, look, you pay good ticket. You pay good money for those tickets. You need to get down here. But I was mad. I said, no, we ain't coming. Guess what our ticket won that night? VCR. See, because I let feelings. God was already had blessed us. He had already answered the prayer because you can ask God for something, but if you are out of line and you are out of his will and you are out of order, you will miss what God has for you. We're talking about the good fight. So I'm going to read that one again. It requires compressing your feelings so that the flesh will have no advantage. Last little point, then we're going to get into some, some scripture to support all this stuff. In the good fight, we have to run from sin and do not entertain unrighteousness. 
We have to do this for really the simple reason, example that I just gave you. Because sin, act of sin in a believer's life, it don't make you a sinner, but act of sin in a believer's life and doing things that of an unrighteous nature, God can talk to you day and night and you will not know that he's talking to you. Because we need him to exist in this world. We may be in it, what's the phrase? We may be in it, but we're not of it. I was sharing with the kids in the, in the back the other day that, you know what, you, you can be a blessed somebody in a cursed environment because you know God. That's the kind of God he is. And when you hear things like this, we got to ask ourselves in these questions, why are we worried about what's going on around us? It doesn't matter. I'm a blessed man. You are a blessed woman. You are a blessed individual by God. It does not matter what's going on around you. You can be a blessed person in a cursed environment. Amen. Hallelujah. That thing is strong. Turn your Bibles with me, if you would, and this, this one verse, I mean, I know I like to use the New King James, but I thought it'd be better to use the King James for this one verse. It's the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy 4 and 7, and this is a, a statement by Paul. He had come to the end of his, it looked like he appeared, he's come to the end of his life, and so he's making his, his, his final um, statement to the church and, and, and to Timothy. Um, and, 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 and it's more so that, you know, and, and you can tell as he was, as, as you read it, that he's not worried. He's not concerned. And, and, and he, 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 he knows that what God had required him to do, that he had done it. I don't know about you, but that's, that's how I want to be. And, that's, and, I, and I thank God for his mercy that is renewed each and every day because every day I don't get it right. But I get another chance each and every day because we have the Holy Spirit. He's not just our counselor. He's our teacher and he's our instructor. I mean, when you was in school, the teacher, if you had a good teacher, if they saw that you were struggling, what would they do? They stay with you until you got it right. Great is his mercy toward us. That is renewed every morning. So this is Paul talking. And in verse 7 he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Do you know you got a course to finish? God, I mean, you got a course to finish. God has a plan for you. You know, we really ain't got time to look at foolishness. <laughs> We really ain't got time to look at all this deceitful junk that's going on in the world. We need to be looking at what God has for our lives and see what he wants to do for us. You know, I, and, and I heard this, you know, and people need to understand this. You know, to be blessed by God, to be blessed by God, I'm going to say this to you, get this thing. To be blessed by God is just not for your benefit. God has blessed us because he has blessed you to be a blessing to others. Do you know how much blessing that really is? That God in his greatness, in his mercy, in his compassion, in his love has blessed us so much that you can bless somebody else. And, and, and the picture that's being painted for us, that how can I bless, how much can I bless somebody else? Look how much God has blessed you. And if he hasn't, if you don't think it's enough, you can ask him and he will bless you more. I've been asking God lately just to enlarge my territory. And honestly, I don't even know what I'm asking for. 
but I'm going to do it anyway because I have this understanding that if he enlarges my territory, he is going to give me what I need to manage that territory. I'm calling up things that I don't understand. I'm calling out things that I don't see. I'm calling out things that I want them to be because I know that if it involves God, it has to be good. Hallelujah. And so we see Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. A standard rule, a, stand, a criteria for this faith fight that it calls for involvement. Nothing is worse than a coward Christian. Nothing is worse than somebody who has the power to move a mountain and then run from it. Nothing is worse than somebody who is baptized in the name of Jesus and that demons flee from the name. You have the name. The name is in you. The name is your makeup. We reflect him, and then when we see evil or we see something that's not of God, we turn our back on it like we don't know how to deal with it. Greater is he, say that with me, greater is he that is in me than in the world. You carry a big stick. <laughs> you carry the biggest stick. So when the devil shows his stick, pull out your stick. It's bigger than his. That's an old phrase from one of them presidents a long time ago. They were saying something to him, and he said, I carry a big stick. And you do the same thing. So a standard rule for the faith fight is that it calls for involvement. The word fought itself, it means that we have to contend with the adversary. So when I fight, I'm not fighting my brother or sister in Christ. You're not even fighting the unbeliever on your job. You're not even fighting that devil-minded person that you may see walking around. Our fight is against, we contend with the devil and the devil alone. Because I can guarantee you he is behind every form of evil. He is behind every form of unrighteousness. He is behind every form of unholiness. You will find that little rascal there. So our fight is to contend with him. And the word contend with the adversaries means this, that we have to stand our ground. What are we standing on? The truth of God's word. We said earlier that, that this thing takes this. It takes us continuing in the truth. Amen? We stand on the truth of God's word. So you don't ask yourself, well, what do I stand on, preacher? You stand on the truth of God's word. If the Lord God said that you're supposed to bring your tithes, and I say bring, we don't pay. You bring your tithes and offers into the house of God, and the promise is that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you such a blessing that you don't have room for it, and that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake, all right? If he says that that's the truth of God's word, then if it comes to, to, to giving your tithe or doing something else that's more pleasurable to you, you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do? It's simple. If the doctor comes and tells you that, that you got this thing, that you know what, you got about this amount of time to live, then you will. I, I hear what you're saying, doctor, but this is what the truth, sir, the truth said. By his stripes, I am already healed. 
Now, the thing about faith, church, we have to understand is that if not enough faith is there, then you roll with what they're telling you so it can help you. But, but build your faith. And I guarantee you one day, say one day, you will be at a level in your faith where that when the doctor does come and tell you something, you will have enough faith. Like, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I know I'm here and walk out of there. And guess what? You'll be all right. See, we're not talking about being a foolish Christian. We're talking about being wise as, 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 as you know, as, as humble as lamb, but I think as wise as serpents. Say that again. Why is that a serpent? So it is a serpent. I wasn't sure because it's a snake, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I don't know how cunning a snake, I guess they were referring to how he did them in the, in the garden, but that's another, that's another message. We'll look at that later. All right. So it's an important factor. We say we have to stand our ground. Another important factor is to know that the ground that I'm standing on, and we talked about this earlier, that it is good. Because if you recognize that this is a good fight, and the truth of, of God's word is good, that is saying that the word of God, listen to what I'm telling you, the word of God has my absolutely full trust. That I am fully connected with God's word. That I trust his word above everything else. And that is not saying that something is not going to come and contend with you. You hear what I'm saying? We have to know and understand and believe that I am in a full connection that I trust God's word. And God will see to it that his word will perform its purpose. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Then he says, I have finished my course. To finish is the same as saying to prepare yourself to endure. Remember we said you're going to go through something as a believer. Amen. And now listen to this. We endure because we should have some understanding that what I'm going through is not. What I'm going through is not. What I'm dealing with is not. What circumstances come across me will not be forever. See, because to endure is to stay in the fight, it's to stay getting punched on, it's to stay being kicked, it's to stay, stay being spit on, it's to stay being ridiculed. It did not say run from these things. What if Jesus had said, you know what? That joker kicked me too hard. This thing is done. Father, come up with another plan. And let me tell you something that you might not, not, not know. Really in the garden, really in the garden, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, he asked the Father, can you come up with something else? But see, he had enough in him. Hallelujah. He had enough in him to stand because he knew that it was a greater purpose for his suffering. We have to understand, church, there's a greater purpose for our endurance. Do you hear what I'm saying? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If you like being stolen from, if you like being your dreams killed, and you like all your plans being destroyed, keep on hanging out with the devil because he's good at his job. Mm. So I have fought the fight. I have finished my course I kind of jumped ahead but I'm going to say this anyway because it's a good note the devil will test your endurance oh this is good and he does this 
by reminding you of past failures so that you, listen to what I'm saying, so that you, so that you will disqualify yourself. You see how strong that is? The devil can't take nothing from you. The devil can't do nothing to you unless you allow him to do it. Say this with me together. My level of endurance can only be questioned or judged by me. That's it. You are the only one that can take you off course. God's not going to do it because God laid it there. The devil can't do it, even though he will deceive you that he can do it, but he can't do it because you know why he can't do it? Because he was stripped of all his authority that he had in the earth. Jesus tore him up, made him look like a punk, and he can't do nothing about it. You hear what I'm telling you? Now, does the devil have some power? Yes, he does. But his power is not greater than the power of God. And God lives on the inside of you by way of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So your level of endurance can only be questioned or judged about you. This is something that you can listen. I never heard it like this. The Holy Spirit had me write this down. He said, never put yourself down, but only put yourself up. <laughs> you hear how that sound? Never put yourself down. Only put yourself up. Oh, I may, you know, it may look like this, but you know what? I feel good. You may look in the mirror and your head may be nappy as Wilson, and Wilson couldn't pick it, but you look at your head and you know what, like, you know what, I sure look pretty today. I'm looking handsome. Never, never, never entertain things where the devil can have an advantage. Oh, glory to God. Oh, never, that's so good. Never put yourself down. Only put yourself up. You need to put that out there in the world. I ain't going to market it yet. Just put yourself up. And it does, it works like this. A good confession makes the difference. That's why you can't listen to everything, family. So because a lot of things being said is not in line with the word of God. (laughs) Then he says this. I have kept the faith. You're going to love this. Keeping the faith is taking hold of that which God wants you to have. All right? When the word is known in our hearts, listen to this, the opportunity to become what God has planned for you is revealed to you by your spirit from the spirit of God. I'm going to say that one again. When 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 the word of God is known in your hearts, the opportunity to become what God has planned for each and every one of us is revealed to us by our spirit, which is given to him, given to your spirit by the Holy Spirit. You got that? You got that? Now, listen to this. It gets even better. He said, I have kept the faith. You know, the Holy Spirit pointed this out to me and said, I have kept the faith. Now, we all have a measure of faith, but we notice Paul did not say, I have kept my faith. It's going to get nice. I have kept the faith. The faith that Paul refers to was not his faith, but the faith of God. Mm. Mm. And listen to this. And in God's faith, this is when he said that you can tell a mountain to move. In God's faith, all things, say this with me, all things are possible. Do you realize what you just said? If you don't realize, then you need to ask the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of what you just said. In the faith of God, 
all things are possible. Brother Sidonia, I got a gun. I got it pointing at you right now. But your face said that gun is not going to go off. Your face said that bullet is not going to do any harm to me. All things are possible if your faith is in God. We have got to stop putting these little limits on God. All things are possible. If you got a business, if you get God involved in it, all and you want your business to grow, all things are possible. If you got somebody you like, I don't know how God is going to save these people, but you turn it over to God. All things are possible. I don't know how I'm going to get this house, but you don't see how yourself getting it because you just don't make enough money. But if you put it in the hands of God, all things are possible. I want a life where I live free of debt. No debt at all. And I tell God, all I want to do is love folk. Well, God said, you got to let me love you so you can know how to love folk. That's all right. All things are possible because I don't want to love. I don't want to be in debt to nothing but to love people so he'll take away your debt. But I got to believe all things are possible in the faith of God. Glory to God. And, and that, was just, that was just that one little verse. And, and we got a little bit more. So let's go over to... Let me switch over. I got to switch over to New King James right now. And let's go over to the book of James. The book of James. You see how faithful God is. I mean, I'll tell you, it, you come to me and talk to me at the church. And I'll tell you how long I sat on this. <laughs> I don't want to say it from up here. <laughs> uh, the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Thank you, Lord. Thank God for water. You ain't no water in hell. Drink it now. <laughs> but we ain't going to hell, amen? Amen. Yeah, you better clap. That's right. I'm glad we clapped him. It's on one person. James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw, verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I'm going to look at verse 8 before I look at verse 7. The scripture said that if I draw nigh or draw near to God, that he will draw near unto me. This is the revelation that the Lord showed me, that if when we draw close to God, God is giving us the opportunity to draw out of him. Do you see that? So if I draw nigh or I draw near to God, God is saying, now I'm putting you in a position where you can really understand. This is God talking. Where you can really understand me, that you can really know who I am, know how I conduct myself, know who I am, so that when you know this, then you can have, you can understand the part of me that I am is already in you. He has given us, listen to me church, he has given us an opportunity to draw out of him. And we get the revelation of this that, 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 that God is the most high. I heard this revelation about him other that God is the most high. So that when a decision comes across the court of God or it comes to God, it stops right there. You know why? Because he's the most high. So when God says something pertaining to you and I and that it will be good because God has said he's the most high, it has to be carried out. And I get the opportunity to draw and, and glean from God and learn more of him so that I can have more of him in me. 
And this is where it gets good now. Then it says, therefore submit to God. Here's the submitting part. Because when I submit to God, what am I doing? I am bringing myself under God's authority. When I submit to God, I am bringing myself under, under God's authority. Because to do this, now this is the way it gets really good. When I do this, and God, in turn, God gives us his authority to use against the devil. See, a lot of folks like to say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I used to do it. Resist the devil and he will flee for you. But I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, if there's no submittance to God, the devil will stand there and say, come on. Come on, let me see what you got. See, because in submitting to God, I can resist the devil. This is what this word means. In submitting to God, I can resist the devil. So to resist, when I submit myself to God, when I, I, I position myself where I am, God's authority is now operating in me, I submit myself to God because it's going to take authority to back the devil off. You have to understand that. And because now to, to resist the devil is to oppose the devil. So remember we said involvement back early in the end we started to study. So to oppose the devil, I don't just look at the devil and say, you know what? That's wrong. I go to evil. I go to darkness and I let the light in me come forth. So we can say all day homosexuality is wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. We can say all day that adultery is wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, there's, there's a thing that you can do, child of God, to disrupt the total plan of the enemy in darkness. And we do this, we have, and this is very important in our children because it's the parent's responsibility, in a sense, it's the parent's responsibility, really, not in no sense, really should be to, to acquire or get their children to know God at a young age. See, because it's going to take that being in them to, so they can understand that, 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 that when they see unrighteousness or they see darkness, it's just not to stand in and say, you know what, that's wrong. But you got to get involved. You got to get involved. Because, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's, it's so many people in the Bible where, they, where the ones that you saw, that what, what if David would have just stood there and just, and just, and just stood toe-to-toe with the Goliath and just, you know, as Goliath was insulting him, he just stand there and insult Goliath back. No, David hit him with a rock and knocked him out. (laughs) Then he cut his head off. Then he took his head and paraded it around. And he told them, a little little teenager told a whole army that I'm going to kill your champion. And then the birds that eat Vultures and, and, and ravens, they're going to eat all of y'all because all of y'all are going to be dead too. <laughs> he stood toe-to-toe with the enemy, and he confronted him. Amen? So, no submittance to resist is to oppose. If there's no submittance to God, there will be no resistance by you, people of God. Now, this is not to condemn you. This is saying, wake up. All right, because the important thing, resisting the devil is fine and dandy, but you only can resist if you submit. Because to in submittance, God's authority now is now a part of you. And you have the right to use his authority, which is what God wants us to do. Oh, glory. Here's something else. 
If there's no submittance, there's no resistance. If there's no obedience, you will not be able to withstand the fiery darts of the wicked one. Obedience, we said it, it says in this word, obedience is better than sacrifice. How do you say, preacher, how do you say, how do I obey God? Find out what his word says. Find out what the truth of God's word says and stand on it. Cling to it. Let it be in you. Let it be, let it come out of you in situation. All we got to do is build our faith up in God's word and you will be able to withstand. You will be able to withstand the fiery darts because I can guarantee you today that the enemy will shoot darts at you. Because he wants you to cave in and he wants you to give up. And I love how the Lord tells me all the time. I, and he just keeps re refreshing me in my spirit. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the understanding that I have that even if I don't know what to do, God is still there looking out for me. He's still there looking out for you. Even if you don't have a faint idea on how to stand, he will stand there with you because the word of God says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall what? Shall be saved. He will save you. He's not just not saving your soul. He will save you out of your situation. He will save you out of your trouble. He will save you out of your dilemma. My job, my function is to call on the name of Jesus. Woo. Last one. And this is just, this just the foundation. This is just the foundation. Uh, the last one is, is, is 1 Corinthians 15, and then we'll be done. Chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In the last verse of uh, Corinthians. And it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. Yes, Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And the good part about that, before I can be always abounding in the work of the Lord, I have to be what? I have to be steadfast and unmovable. And this word steadfast, and this is the teaching part, the word steadfast means this. It means willing to sit. One of the worst, one another worst things that can happen to a believer is to think that you think you know everything. Always stay humble. Always be in the position where I'm willing to learn. Because when you're sitting, to be steadfast, that's what it means, willing to sit, that I'm sitting there and I am listening. Hallelujah. It may look like it's a good thing to go do right now, but if the Lord wants you to sit, sit and continue to learn. And then you'll become steadfast. Immovable or unmovable is a person who is someone, listen to this, this is really good. It is a person who is not affected by pressing. It's a person who's not affected with the pressures of life. It's a person when the things start to get tight, they don't worry. They don't be concerned. because, And they know that the pressure's coming, but they're willing to be unmovable. And not taking off their foundation. Staying encouraged and remaining faithful is a key thing for the people of God. Staying encouraged, staying encouraged and remaining faithful. Staying encouraged and remaining faithful. Staying encouraged and remaining faithful is a key element and, and, and pressing in and, and, and fighting the good fight of faith. See, because if the devil can get you to be discouraged, then you open the door to all his evils.
Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna to stop with that. There's so much more. Like I said, we're going to, as the Holy Spirit leads me, and, and we're going to be teaching more about the good fight because, you know, Brother Sidonia, we got to stay in this thing, man. We got to stay in this good fight because we're not we're not beating we're not beating that we're not wasting our time we're not we're not we're not you know just just coming to church you know we we got it's a it's a purpose but behind what we do and the purpose is to establish God's kingdom here on this earth. There's a lot of more people I know. There's a lot of angels in here sitting right now, and I love angels. I love the angels of God, but you know what? These seats were meant for people, and the angels don't mind getting up out their seat. And standing around these walls because they're in here right now. But, but some of them are sitting in chairs that need to be filled with people. Amen? Hallelujah. Let us stand to our feet. The good fight. The good fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs>